generation is rising on an emerging generation of kings. Um, but let's start off with Colossians chapter 3. The word of God says from verse 16, verse 16, let the word of Christ dwell in you richly in all wisdom teaching and admonishing one another watch that in psalms hymns and spiritual songs what else should you do read the, read the rest of it Let's read it together. Read alone verse 16. Let the word of Christ dwell in you richly in all wisdom, teaching and admonishing one another in psalms and hymns and spiritual songs, singing with grace in your hearts to the Lord. Verse 17. And whatever you do in word or deed, do all in the name of the Lord Jesus, giving thanks to God the Father through him, through Jesus Christ. If you skip and go all the way to verse 22, all the way to verse 22, what does it say? Bond servants, verse 22, bond servants, obey in all things your masters according to the flesh, not with eye service as men pleasers, but in sincerity of heart, doing what? The first part says that we should sing to the Lord, that we should let Christ dwell in our hearts in all wisdom. We should teach, we should admonish, which a lot of believers love to do. But what many believers love to focus on is that they love to do all of that, teach, sing psalms, hymns, and spiritual songs, sing with grace in their hearts. But then they skip verse 17. Verse 17 says, whatever you do in word or in deed, in action, in work, Beyond the four walls of the church, whatever you do, beyond the preaching and the teaching, what should you, how should you do it? How should you do it? Do it in the name of the Lord. That means that if you are baking cakes, what sh how should you do it? Bake the cake in the name of the? How about if the customers are nasty, should you still bake in the name of the Lord? If you're printing something from the print station at work, how should you print it? If you're eating in the restaurant, how should you eat? Look at somebody who eats like, are you eating like that in the name of the Lord? Oh, come and ask your neighbor, say, are you doing that in the name of the Lord? Oh, some of y'all didn't ask nobody. In fact, get out of your seat right now and go to three people. Say, what do you do? Ask them, what do you do? And then when they tell you what they do, ask them, are you doing that thing in the name of the Lord? I told you about application. People are laughing now. Laugh well, well. Are you doing it in the name of the Lord? Are you doing it in the name? Are you? Are you doing it? Someone tell me what's the most ridiculous thing you heard. Pardon? Are you doing? You give injection. Come on. In the name 
of the Lord. Come and tell me. Are you lawing? Not loma lawing, lawyer. In the name of the Lord. Yes, tell me. Are you consulting in the name of the Lord? In other words, when God looks at the believer, he's not assessing you with your church environment on Sunday and assessing you with the work environment. He's assessing you as a believer. So the workstation should not reduce your faith quotient. It should amplify its expression. Are you seeing this right now? So keep that in mind. It is very important. We're going to look at so many scriptures today. But Father, we just thank you and we receive wisdom and understanding as we begin to wrap up the series on empires, God. Father, help us not to take your word for granted. Help us to understand the fine print, the deep details. Let the spirit of truth explain to us how this ought to work in our own lives in the name of Jesus Christ. Let everything that we do contribute to the increase of your kingdom, to the expansion and the extension of your glory. We give you praise, our Father. In Jesus' name we have prayed. Somebody say louder, amen. First Corinthians chapter 10, verse 31. Write it down real quick. First Corinthians 10, verse 31. Paul writes to the Corinthian church. He says, therefore, whether you eat or drink, whether you eat or drink, whether you eat or drink media, check your WhatsApp, you see the scriptures there. Whether you eat or drink, whatever you do, what should you do? Do to the glory of God. Imagine that, that God is so particular about the fine details of your life. He's saying that whether you eat or drink, do it to the glory of God. If you're eating pounded yam with a goosey soup or amola with abula, or whether it's filet steak or whatever it is, you're chewing on French fries or Spanish caviar, whatever it is, do it in the name of the Lord. Do it to the glory of God. This is what we must begin to embrace as believers. The reason many nations can be religious yet spiritually bankrupt is the people demarcate their lives, separate their lives, they segregate their walk of God or their walk with God to a church or religious environment. But when they are outside it is a far cry from what they seem to profess. But one of the things that we're going to do in this house that the Lord himself is removing the wall of partition, the divisive wall that separates your kingship and your priesthood and the Lord himself is going to cause his glory to flow through your life so that even people that cannot discern or decipher the hand of God or recognize his glory from a theological framework will say I don't know what it is about you but there is something about the way you work, there is something about the way you walk, the way you move, come on somebody say I receive that in my life. So we have looked at certain templates. We looked at Abraham. We looked at Ab. We looked at David. We looked at Jesus. If you haven't been following the series, please get on YouTube. Get on Sound on SoundCloud because you need to understand what we're teaching. Every believer who's going to fulfill destiny will need to understand the series. Whether at the beginning of your walk with God, the middle of your walk with God, or when you're about eighty-six. Ah, like, oh, finally, I now understand what my pastor was trying to tell me sixty years ago go that will not be your portion in the name of Jesus somebody say I've got to get it I have to get it 
By the way, some of you have certain questions. Some of you have certain questions about your finances, about your career. And the answer is hidden in the message. Is hidden in the message. Listen, God doesn't give you a pastor for fun. He says in Jeremiah 3 verse 15, I will appoint unto you. So a pastoral gift is an appointed gift. It speaks to the times and the sins of your life. He says, I will appoint unto you shepherds after my heart. says they will feed you with knowledge and understanding. In other words, you will starve spiritually if there is no ministry gift that is resourcing you. Or if there's a ministry gift resourcing you with great food and all you do is you smell it. Hmm, my pastor is a great chef. Hmm, P-Dams, I like the way you shred the tomato of truth. I love the way you cut the onions because you have your onions coming. I love the way you slash the yam because you remind me that I am like God. And you say all of that, but if you're not internalizing, present, holding onto the word and say, God, you send this word through your servant, through your son, through my pastor, it must come to pass in my life. You will keep going around in circles. So he says, whatever you do, do to the glory of God. Let's quickly go to the book of First Kings chapter 4 because I want us to look at Solomon. We also looked at Solomon in the series, First Kings chapter 4. In First Kings chapter 4, we're going to see something uh, from verse 20. He says that Judah and Israel were as numerous as the sand by the sea in multitude, eaten and drinking and rejoicing. So Solomon reigned over all kingdoms, over the river to the land of the Philistines, as far as the border of Egypt. Now, many times when we read the scriptures, Solomon reigned. In your mind, you're thinking Solomon is just born and having a great time of his life with some kind of bejeweled crowd, precious stones, and the bevy of ladies who are well-strewn in fantastic raiment, singing and serenading every day. That's what most people think that reign is. The reign is all about having a set of authority. You can wave the wand and do anything you want anytime you want. But reign is not just about that. It's also about governance. It's also about administration. It's also about responsibility. It's also about how you put the different elements together. Have you heard people say before that the reason Nigeria is in the kind of crisis it's in is that we are too many. Have you heard that argument before? We are too many. The issue is not that we are too many. The issue is that we've not had a vision around which we can organize ourselves and structure ourselves but nonetheless having many of one thing can also be a lot of work so reigning as a king is a call to responsibility it's not a call to flanger and joy you know, dance around and have a few things around you posh cars here there and everywhere it's about responsibility so when it says the Solomon reigned over all kingdoms from the river to the land of the Philistines he's saying that his coverage area was broad and therefore he had to be responsible for different types of people different environments, different climatic conditions, different cultural uh, uh, orientations and dispositions, he had to work to make that happen. Let me announce to you that when the Bible says that you will reign in life in Romans 5 verse 17, it's also a call to work. Look at somebody say, you may not like work, but it's too late. You've got to love it. You've got, you've got, look at somebody say, you must love work. It's a call to work. It's a call to work. He says, the broad tribute and served Solomon all the days of his life. Now Solomon's provision, look at this. Solomon's provision for one day was 30 cores of fine flour, 60 measures of meal. Continue, Quick, quickly, quickly. 10 fatted oxen. Somebody say one day. You're not shouting it. Somebody say one day. Now when you think about 10 fatted oxen, what comes to mind? 
your lemon tights, chops. That's what you're thinking, right? Oh, come on, somebody talk to me. Isn't that? Okay, you're not thinking anything. Fatted oxen. But see, if you are to have 10 fatted oxen in one day and 20 oxen from the pastures, think about the kind of administrative efforts that must go into ensuring that the cows were fat enough on a given day. Now, can you have 10 fatted calves if you start planning for the day, the day before? Oh, come on, somebody talk to me. Can you have 10 fatted calves if you start thinking about it the week before? The month before? The what? Year before. Because you have to think about the lifespan and the maturation period of the oxen. So many people want to claim, Father, I received 10 fatted oxen. Can you also receive the sense that goes into ensuring that the oxen don't die, that the vet doctor takes care of them? <laughs> oh, come on, somebody. That the pasture is well manured to produce the kind. Look at somebody say, we're here to work. Oh yeah, that, that voice was louder now. Say so we are here to work. Because when you're thinking about 10 fatted oxen, can you think about it? Some of you, you cannot even plan around one month's salary. If you are not smiling, I suspect you. So how can you betrust that with 10 fatted oxen, 20 oxen from the pastures? So in a year, there had to be how many oxen? 3,650 fatted oxen. 7,300 oxen from the pastures. So about 10,000 oxen. Now also think about the real estate required. The manpower required. The reporting system required. The signing system. Once you begin to understand this, when you're walking in and there's a book for you to sign in, then you'll be like, why are they telling us to sign in? If you're still thinking like that, you don't understand it yet. Oh, come on. If you're one of those people at work, that when you get to work, you game the system. You don't understand it yet. Oh, come on. If you're one of those people, you can't account for your money, what comes in. You don't understand it yet because Jesus says, if you are not faithful with unrighteous mammon or money, he says, who will give you true riches? In other words, he's saying that your financial state is a reflection of your readiness for the things of the Spirit. Jesus said that. Oh, come on. People are looking so bad now. Sir, this series is supposed to end with joy. Pastor, you have no joy this morning. <laughs> then we're going to get excited. But you need to understand this. Because when most people say, I want to be rich like Solomon, can you be responsible like Solomon? He said, not only the oxen, because oxen are big and bulky and slow, also the dumb sheep, a hundred of them every day. How about the deer that can leap, gazelles that can leap? In other words, Solomon built a system that was rock solid, that almost any kind of animal, fowls and cows and oxen, were held within the bandwidth of his administration. I'm praying to God Almighty that this series will not just be an intoxicant that gets you excited, opium that gets your brain jazzed up, but that you will begin to do the work from today. If you're ready for that, slap yourself a high five, Jason and Bonu, and tell yourself, Jason, you will do the work.
call your name Nathan, Nathan and says you will do the work. Emanuela, is that you? It's good to see you after a whole year. Tell yourself, Emanuela, I will do the work. Some of you don't know Emanuela, she's a Reverend Kenneth's sister. Think about they said fatted fowl, not just fat fowl. There's a difference between fat fowl and fatted fowl. Fat fowl can be a function of genetics. The fowl became fat because it was born to be fat. A fatted fowl means that somebody took responsibility to make it happen. And God can give you a fat fowl blessing, but he's never going to give you a hundred fat fowl every day. If you want a fat fowl every day, you have to fat it up. Oh, come on, y'all. Every now and again, God is going to send you a blessing you didn't work for. He's going to open a door you didn't have to talk. He's going to open a door you didn't have the password for. But if it's going to be a sustained cycle, God ordained that sustained cycle systems and structures are taken responsibility for by credible people. And I'm just trusting God that instead of you waiting down there every now and again for a hand-me-down, a bless-me-now miracle, that you will begin to build your own aspect of the empire of God. And as a byproduct of the reward that God will bring into your life you will have ten fatted calf every day oxen every day I'm not talking literally I'm talking about whatever you need to sustain the system that God has called you to some people don't need no oxen they just need one fowl are you hearing what I'm saying it's work to fulfill your part of it it's a whole lot of responsibility if you keep going all the way, it says Solomon had 40,000 stalls, 40,000 stalls <laughs> of horses. Not 40,000 horses, 40,000 stalls of horses. 12,000 horsemen. Think about the payroll. Think about the organization. Think about the detail. Think about the specificity. Think about all of that. Look at somebody say, have you started at all? <laughs> now listen please. Some of you don't need to bother yourself about 10,000 stalls. You know what you're supposed to bother yourself about? What is that one stall that God has called you to? Are you pouring out the best of all that you have? Or are you saying, oh I have just one stall, that's why I'm behaving like this. When I have 10 I'll be serious. Increase in material position will also increase the true state of your character. And so that means that if there are fault lines in your character when you have one, the fault lines will become a big fracture when you have more. Are you getting what I'm saying now? If you're responsible to someone or something and you operate on a certain level, when you become the person people are reporting to, because there is nobody to monitor you or speak to you, the gaps in your life will become wider. Who knows what I'm talking about? Work! Solomon worked. Let me show you another one. First Kings chapter 4. First Kings 4. You can read the rest of chapter 4 uh, later. First Kings 4 verse 7 to 9. 7 to 9. It says, And Solomon had 12 governors. <laughs> Over all Israel, what did they do? They provided food for the king and his household. Each one made provision for one month of the year. Verse 
13, Ben-Gabar. Somebody say Ben-Gabar. Sounds like Ben-Jabar. Jabar-Jabar. Ben-Gabar. In Ramoth Gilead, one of the governors of Solomon, one of the governors of Solomon, what did he have? To him belonged what? Come on, read it, folks. You can say the towns of Jer, the son of Manasseh in Gilead, to him also belonged the region of Argob in Bashan. How many cities? One of the governors of Solomon had 60 large cities. My attention to you tonight or today is not about ownership. It's about responsibility. Because you can't even begin to discuss ownership if you are not faithful for something that is not yet yours. And that's the divine order. That's the divine order. It's not some kind of postmodern business strategy where you're entrusted with little responsibility and then if you do well, you get promoted. It's the divine order. So a lot of believers are particular about when will I have my husband? When will I have my wife? When will I have a job? When will I have a car? And God is saying, what are you doing with the time I've given you, with the money I've given you, with the responsibilities I've given you, with the fame I've given you, with the strategies I've given you, with the messages I've given you, with the songs I've given you, with the business I've given you? What are you doing? Please have a look at somebody and look at that person if you can low leg them and tell that person what are you doing now for him to have 60 large cities what it means was Solomon's capacity was so great that he was not intimidated by one of his governors having 60 cities because a lot of people in Africa are so insecure that when somebody under you is growing a certain dimension you start getting nervous it could be because there's a blind spot. You haven't realized the greatness that God has reposed in you. That if somebody is doing massive stuff, the size to submit to you is a reflection of the capacity that you have. Not only did they have the sixes, the cities, they had walls and they had bronze gates bars. So they were fortified. They were on lockdown. Look at somebody say, what are you doing and it's interesting for us to see in the lives of Solomon, we're going to see so many amazing things that he did with instruments, with tools, with uh, uh, livestock and all of that. But I want to show you something real quick in the book of Genesis chapter 4. Genesis chapter 4, where God revealed to us the beginnings of a thing. Somebody say, get to work. Don't just dance about the revelation. Leave with the revelation. Operate in the revelation. Do good work with the revelation. If you go all the way to verse 19, verse 19 says, Genesis 4 verse 19, Then Lamech took for himself two wives. The name of one was Ada. Ada, Ada. You know, Ada in the UK, this the way she spells her name. Someone can screenshot this. And see. Ada, Ada. 
The name of one was Ada, and the other, the name of the second was Zila. And Ada, or Ada, bore Jabal. He was the father of those who dwell in tents. So watch that. He was the father of those who dwell in tents and have livestock. His brother's name was Jubal. He was the father of all those who play the harp and flute. And as for Zila, she also bought Tubal Cain, an instructor of every craftsman in bronze and iron. So we see livestock, we see wind instruments, we see bronze and iron. We see this people uh, in the Old Testament or the beginning, I think this is about the fourth generation or so, or they're about actually more than the fourth generation, days of Lamech. We find this people being raised. The Bible says that one was the father of those who tilled the ground or lived in tents and had livestock. In other words, the work you are doing right now may look ordinary, but if you're faithful in it, you'll become a father in that field. Are you understanding what I'm saying? This might not be the most exciting message, and this is part of it, but you need it. Because there's a generation that just thinks like, you know, if we can just pray, that will happen. I will show you in the New Testament that Jesus prayed, but Jesus worked. And the prayer never replaces work. In fact, prayer, when done right, is actually work. Oh, come on. And that work beyond prayer does not mean you don't have power in the place of prayer. It means you understand the system of God. That work is the conduit through which that which you have received in prayer gets manifested in the material world. Prayer is not just mouthing wishes and wants and expectations. It's aligning my heart to receive the divine intentions, the distillation of divine intention, so that I know what specific steps to take, which is what people will call work. So those people, they were just tilling the ground. And after a while, maybe they till the ground so well or build the tent so well. Someone says, let me come. Please, can you show me how you do this? So the first person came and told the person, oh, please, can you show me? That's how you become a father. You don't become a father by claiming people. You become a father by birthing people or birthing them into new levels. Oh, come on, somebody. Another person wind instruments and became a father of those who use the instruments. A father of those who walk with bronze. Thousands of years later, Solomon took the whole game to another level. Solomon was dealing in livestock. Solomon was dealing in tents, but also temples and tabernacles. Solomon was dealing with wind instruments for the temple. Are you hearing what I'm saying? So the work that you are doing right now is the seed for another generation. It is not just, I'm just doing this one, shall let me try to survive the season. That survival mentality, I deal with it in the name of Jesus. You will not just operate based on survival. You will begin to move based on revival and arrival. Come on, somebody. You will not be in survival mode. You will express the kingdom of God wherever you are. That amen sounds like it's lazy. That amen sounds like it's forced. 
that amen sounds like it's been instigated by somebody else I said you will no longer live based on survival in the name of Jesus there is a way if you don't have enough there is a way if the people in your life are dying from lack look at what Jesus said he said give them something to eat disciples said we don't have anything says go and search and pray for the anointing of a seer tonight or today that your eyes will begin to see things begin to see things the Bible tells us that by wisdom is a house built it is by wisdom that a house is built. It is by understanding. It's established. It's by knowledge that its rooms are filled with precious treasures. So there are three dimensions of wisdom. We spoke about wisdom and power two Sundays ago. and spoke about spirit of invention, power and wisdom. There are three ways in which wisdom is demonstrated. Number one, wisdom is demonstrated through my walk. My walk, W-A-L-K. How I walk, how I navigate, how I move. Ecclesiastes says that the labor of the weary, of the foolish, weareth every one of them because they don't walk wisely. They do not know the way into the city. So wisdom is not about how well I can quote my pastor or even the Bible. It is demonstrated through my walk. Come on, somebody. That's why Paul says that do not walk as fools, as unwise people. He said, walk circumspectly as wise. That means that the way you walk can tell me how wise you are. If I can observe the patterns of your life, I can begin to pinpoint the elements of wisdom or the deficiency of such in your life. Are you understanding what I'm saying right now? Oh, is somebody listening to what I'm saying? So the proof of wisdom is, first of all, in my walk. How are you living? How are you walking? Your lifestyle, your decisions, your orientation, your disposition, your response to opportunities, to honor, to responsibility, that demonstrates wisdom for me. Number two, wisdom is demonstrated through my words. How I speak, how I speak. The Bible says that even a fool is considered wise when he holds his lips. He said the fool utters all his hearts come on somebody so wisdom is also seen by how I speak Proverbs 2 5 and 6 he said I am wisdom it says out of the Lord gives wisdom and out of his mouth comes understanding so the words of my mouth will also display wisdom Paul said to Timothy he said you have known the holy scriptures which are able to make you wise unto salvation. So my words can also reflect how wise I am. Have you ever heard somebody before and you were like, ah, this person did not sound wise at all. Come on, you, you said that in your heart. Wait, wait, you've never seen anybody like that? Have you ever listened to a speech before and at the end of that speech you knew that wisdom was not a key ingredient in the concoction of, how many of you, anybody like that? Have you ever been like that before? You just knew that, that, that many things were present but wisdom was absent <laughs> in, the, in the catalog of that presentation it was nowhere to be found it was social distance and wisdom was he didn't want to be infected but <laughs> who knows what I'm talking about 
So my words, the Bible says that when Jesus spoke, they said we have never heard anyone speak like this. Because he spoke with so much authority or boldness or capacity. Right, of course it's possible for you to say foolish things with authority. But when you say wise things with authority, then it takes the game to another level. So number two, demonstration of wisdom. Because we spoke about power and wisdom. How do you know wisdom? How do you know wisdom? Number one is what? Walk. Number two is? Number three are the works. The works. The works. The three things that define wisdom. My walk, my words, and my works. Psalm 2 verse 5. He says, oh God, your thoughts are very deep. And it said, how great are your works. So great works are premised on deep thoughts. So the wisdom of God by which things were created are seen. The wisdom of God uh, is seen in the things that God has made. What it also means that if I look at your walk, I can measure or adjudicate your level of wisdom. If I hear your words, I can tell how wise you are. Also, if I see your works, come on somebody. If I see your works, your works, your works, I can also tell how wise you are. Wisdom is justified of her children. Look at somebody say, work, 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 work. Shout it, work, 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 work. So when you're working, what you're doing is that you are making, watch this, work literally makes invisible glory visible. Work is the process by which invisible glory becomes visible. Somebody say, work is the premise by which Glory becomes visible. Say that. Work. Oh, you, you don't want to talk. Me, I'll be preaching for one hour. You don't want to repeat. You must repeat it. Work. Somebody say work is the premise by which invisible glory becomes visible. Oh, come on, somebody say work. Genesis chapter 2 very quickly. Genesis chapter 2. You've got to get this. You've got to grab this. You've got to understand this. Genesis chapter 2. Shaboya Kamaza. Help me, Lord. Verse 1. It says, Thus the heavens and the earth and all the hosts of them were finished. And on the seventh day, God did what? No, no, don't use rest. That use what it said here. On the seventh day, what did he what did it do? And did his, look at someone say, God worked. And God works. That means that if God works, the purpose of work cannot be survival. Ah, we go walk now, so we go walk. Walk, shop. Now where would they walk with a shop? Are you seeing this now? The first person to work in the Bible is not a man. So work is not a man-made strategy for income generation. God did not need any income, yet he worked. Oh, come on now. God did not need any money, Bitcoin, to 
digital currency employee. God did not need anyone of that, but he worked. Therefore, it debunks the myth that the reason or the primary reason you work is so you can make money or you can earn a living. No, you don't work. Watch this. You don't work just to acquire. You work to reveal more of yourself. The purpose of God's work was the revelation of his invisible attributes. So in Romans chapter 1, it says that through the visible creation, we see the invisible attributes of God. So through the work that we do, we see the invisible attributes of your life. We can see your impatience through your work. We can see selfishness through your work. We can see carelessness through your work. We can see docility through your work. We can see obsession. We can see precision. We can see accuracy. We can see excellence. We can see discipline through your work. So work manifests. Is somebody, oh my God, I'm preaching better than you're looking. I said work is first of all to reveal who you are. God didn't need no skyscrapers. He says, which house are you going to build me? God, come on somebody. God didn't need no car. There's no place a car will take him to that he is not already there because it's omnipresent God didn't need any tab before there was any tablet he already had all the information you could download on your tablet but God worked for seven or six human days which means that the purpose of work is not consumption or acquisition the primary purpose of work is revelation it's too loud are you understanding this Dalakbo? Are you seeing this now? This is the reason we know many leaders in Nigeria ain't doing no work. Because watch this. Work is not even judged by the degree of effort. It's judged by the excellence of the results. The Bible does not say on the seventh day God stopped his efforts. He ended his work. His work where? In physical creation. He didn't end his work entirely, but his work in creation. He says, and he rested on the seventh day from all his work which he had done. So rests should be a reward for work, but God's rest should also be the premise for man's work. Because God created man on the sixth day, God rested on the seventh day. So the very first day that man lived, he lived in God's rest. Some of y'all didn't get that. Some of you did not get that. What it also now means is that if you are toiling, you are not getting it right. Because the believer was not supposed to be toiling. He was supposed to be working. You will labor, you will exert energy, but not with sorrow and a broken heart. You're cursing traffic every day. Cursing your boss in your heart every day. So I don't curse my boss, but in your heart, you're like, hmm. That's not your portion. This is on the seventh day. God ended his work. Verse, verse 3. Give it to me real quick. Quickly. Quickly. Can I get a face down protocol? Some face down hanky something. Then God blessed the seventh day. On the sixth day. Watch this. On the sixth day. God blessed man. On the seventh day. God blessed the seventh day. Are you understanding this? So man was blessed in a blessed day. He was a blessing in a blessing. When you understand this dynamic of work, your life is going to be a cycle of blessings.
You're going to be a blessing and a blessing. The work you do will bless people. People will bless you for the work you do. And he rested from all his work which he had made. Help me, help me, help me. This is the history of the heavens. So the heavens have a history. I can't go into that. And the earth. When they were created in the day that the Lord God made the earth and the heavens. Next verse. Before any plant of the field was in the earth. And before any herb of the field had grown. For the Lord God had not caused it to rain on the earth. And there was no. There was no what? There was no man to replace the word till with work there was no man to work the ground had god said let the ground bring forth or not had god said let herbs and trees come out or not so god had said all of that but if you looked at the earth there was no herb there was no shrub there was no tree why because there was no man to help the ground reveal more of itself because the purpose of work is revelation. Revelation is the unveiling of what already exists but has not come into the physical realm. So when the Bible says the earnest expectations of the creatures waits for the manifestation of the sons of God, he is saying that some people need to work a revelation. Don't forget the work of man did not start before the word of God. So the first dimension of God's wisdom was he spoke his words. That's the first dimension. But the next dimension is that God now worked apart from the words. And so when man comes into the equation, the first dimension of man's work is that he had to work according to the word that God had spoken. Because the first dimension of revelation, the word reveals the wisdom of God. The next dimension of revelation, the works reveal the power of God. I don't know who I'm talking to right now, but you will look at every ground in your life and say, God said this ground, trees will come out of it, herbs will come out of it, fruits will come out of it. I refuse for this gift, this ability, this anointing, this calling, this minute. I work here in prayer. I will outwork all the demons in hell that are building barricades, hurdles, and see, Paul outworked the beast of Ephesus. He said, I labor. He said, I'm the least of all the apostles. But guess what? By laboring in grace, I outrun everybody. What it means that if you understand that you can labor with the grace of God, you can outrun everybody. Who is it I'm preaching to this morning? That you will walk that ground, whether it's an empty barrel or empty belly or empty bank account or empty head. You will work it and say, stuff come out of this. Oh, fruits come out of this. Products come out of this. Hey, souls come out of this. If you're a master life facilitator and your students are lousy and lazy walk that ground look at somebody say walk it walk it walk it work that thing work that ability work that gift work it victor you're yawning i didn't say yawn i said yeah 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 i didn't say yawn i said work it or rather you are sitting still i didn't say sit i said work it work help me go to three people low leg them and tell them work it I, yes, I'm. when you're working you are birthing 
When you're working, you are birthing. Work it, Clinton. So God had said all of that. If you were to judge God's effectiveness or veracity or authenticity by the state of the earth, you would have judged them unfaithful. Because God, if you already said, you said, let there be stars, let there be sun, let there be this one. Guess what? Those things were there. But it says, let trees come out of the earth. No tree was there. Because the heavens and the heavens, they belong to God. But the earth, he has given to the sons of men. So the state of the earth is not a true reflection of the will of God. Don't take me slow yet. Of the, of the will of God. The state of the earth is a reflection of the hearts of men and the responsibility they have taken or not taken. Whether it's political, economic, environmental, cultural. Because the ownership of the earth was leased to man. So man is the steward. Watch this. Who determines the state of your house? Is it you, the owner of the house who's living in London, or the housekeeper you employ to stay there? Simple. Until you return. So when the king comes back, he's going to set things straight perfectly. But guess what? I don't have to wait for the king to come back. I'm a son of the king. And if I see my father's house being mismanaged, if I see things falling up upside down, the kitchen sink is full and overflowing, the gas is smelling everywhere, the bed sheet is rumpled and harassed, the paint is smudged, uh, there's phlegm and calibre. <laughs> Uh, Peppa Pig uh, on the wall and all of that I can say no I will take responsibility that's what Jesus meant when he said occupy till I come occupy till I come occupy he didn't say dance around press around uh, negotiate hang around he said work help me go to seven people the Sunday morning Lord let them and tell them work work out of clues work ah yes work work he says there was no man to walk the ground what it means is that God's word can be settled in heaven but it's not yet settled on earth because man who is connected to heaven has not brought it down to earth That's why you have a spirit. Your spirit is seated with Christ at the right hand side of the Father. So you're seated in heaven. But your body should be standing and walking on earth. That's why Jesus, the word says, how God anointed Jesus of Nazareth, who went about, walked. What are the three dimensions of wisdom? Walk. Words. He walked about doing good. That's what works. And healing, how did he heal? Words. All those oppressed of the devil. But there's a generation that is so drunk on the word. I know the Greek. You know the Hebrew. Hebrews coffee. Hebrews coffee. All that. That's great. I love it. But please, can you put some flesh on the seed? Because people don't come to trees for seeds. They come to trees for fruit. Let me show you Jesus, the works of Jesus. You might remain standing, so I'll be encouraged to finish quick. John chapter 5. Hulabakas. John chapter 5. 
John chapter 9 actually and verse 5 John chapter 9 verse 4 let's take it from verse 4 anybody there? John can John help us get to John? diesel with the drizzle alright let's read this together I let's read together I must work the works of him who sent me while it is day the night is coming oh come on y'all didn't see that Jesus the one by whom the heavens and the earth were made I became good to see with your new hairdo father Abraham are you understanding that Jesus who walked the face of the earth by whom all things were made he said I must somebody say I must Listen, if you hate work, that part of you is not yet like Jesus. Jesus said it's not an optional course in the school of destiny. It's a must, it's a compulsory course. He said, I must work the works of him who sent me while it is day. Why? The night is coming. A season that has not been allocated for the manifestation of the divine intention in my heart. A time is coming. He says, no matter how anointed you are, no matter how gifted you are, no matter how skilled you are. Do you know how many people have died this year? How many people have gone to be with the Lord between last year and this year? Do you know many fathers of the faith and many other people in the culture, right, who have gone and many of them before they died the last two, three years, they couldn't walk. You know why? Because there was a season. There is a season allocated to you. So when I say you should shout, shout whilst you can. Because when you're about 85, you'll be shouting loud in your mind. But to come out that hallelujah. Do you understand? When we say jump, you better jump while you can. When we say preach the gospel, evangelize. Do you know, listen, if you're taking a bus now and God says preach, you better preach. Because when you buy your own car, you will not have that opportunity like that again. Do you understand so that's why wherever you are don't complain about it work that ground work that place is somebody here what I'm saying high five yourself Eunice and Toby Kareem and Oga 2FM and Sean I must work this is Jesus he said I must work the works of him who sent me one of this day what was the thing he did there he didn't get a man saved because they were asking people whose sin was it this man or was it his parents he said it's not any one of this but that the glory of God should be revealed so when he was saying I must walk the works of him who sent me he is saying that my work is to reveal the glory of God and don't forget what we read earlier in 1 Corinthians 10 verse 31 how do you reveal the glory of God by preaching what does it say whether you eat or drink whether you braid somebody's hair or you give them pardon fadon or you design graphics like Abraham Dawes or David Dawes. Or you're walking on an app like Clinton is. Or you're selling some goods. Come on. Like non-so Dawes. He said, do it to the glory of God. Let the glory of God be revealed in that thing. Do your work as well as you think I preach. Or communicate or create. Do you understand that? He said, no one will be able to work. That means you will still have the calling and the anointing, but the time allocator. Listen, no matter how great you are as Latin, no matter how great you are Messi, Messiless, no matter how great you are CR7, when the referee blows that whistle, you can't score no more goals. Joggle, dribble, 
cut off the ball, straighten it, fling the goalkeeper away, but it will not count. Anything you do after the time has expired does not register in the log of heaven. Get to work! Get to work! It was Oga during, Oga during a review saying that it's amazing how the message I preached at the inaugural service is exactly what we're doing. We're working with the template. You know why? Because I got the template from God's rest and I'm working it. I'm working it. There are options, but I'm working what God gave me. Uh, there are ideas, but I'm working what God gave me. There are distractions, but I'm working what God gave me. There are other invitations, but not one Sunday have I been in Nigeria that I was not in service to preach because I'm working what God gave me. Guess what? Three years are already gone. I don't know how many years God will give me to still be on earth or to still be the pastor of kings, but guess what? As long as it gives me, I'm working this thing. And let me tell you, you might have a 22 thing can I have time? Have you noticed how 10 years will just go fume? How 15 years? Where were you 15 years ago? JS1 with the wooden seat and the girl you were crushing on, uh, exchanging love notes and all of that. Here you are now, already 27, already 29, 30, staring in the face, that of five, you are your next milestone and you're still there, acting cool, come and collected. It's time for you to say, this Empire series is not just an intoxicant. I'm going to work it, I'm going to build on it, I'm going to move by it. Who am I? talking to on this morning somebody high five yourself so you can feel a blister coming on and shout work it Danny work it work it call your name work 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 what what John 5 verse 17 remains standing almost done John 5 I want to show you from Jesus John 5 17 real quick John 5, 17. Oh, Bazakas. Anybody getting something? John 5. There's a message I'm going to recommend that you listen to. In that message, I was going to reiterate that I gave you 10 points. I think it was 2018. Many of you are not members of Kings. It's called the King's Business. That's the message. I shared 10 points on the benefits of work. 10 points. The benefits of work. So media can look for it and post it on the group for us very important. John 5, let's read it together. But Jesus answered them, my father. Whoo. Oh, come on. Come on. Come on. My father has been chilling. Chilling with the most high. What does God need? That means God is not working to meet his needs. His riches are inexhaustible. So work is not for riches. Watch this. Work is for the outworking of the riches you already carry. You don't do work so that somebody can give you riches. You do work so you can work out the riches that you already carry. And as a response to the riches you're working out, people will come to give you riches. Because people don't usually give really to needs. They give to vision, to revelation, to value, to riches, to what are you bringing to the table? If you see a beggar on your way home today, you're not likely to give that person 5,000 naira. But you give your friend 
5,000 when was starting this business. 10,000 when she was opening her shop. Some of you have given to kings tens of thousands, hundreds of thousands. Are you understanding that? Because you don't give more. You give more to vision than people. People give more to vision than they give to needs. He said, but Jesus answered them, my father has been working until now. Remember I told you when it says God ended from his work, that was the work of creation. And then he's been working since then, until now. And who has been working? Somebody shout, Jesus is working. How can I be lazy? When Jesus is working. Final scripture I want to read to you. John chapter 6 verse 29 28-29 then they asked him, they said to him what shall we do that we may work the works of God Jesus answered and said to them this is the work of God that you believe in him whom he sent. So what is the work of God? The work of God is the faith of the believer. That's the work of God. Believing in Jesus Christ is the work of God. Resting in the finished work of Christ is the work of God. So the work of God is experiencing that rest and announcing, promoting that rest. So, essentially, the work of God is salvation. Somebody says salvation is the work of God. And that's the rest. You enter into that rest, salvation. That's why man's first day was the day of God's rest. You remember that? But Jesus did not answer their question directly. Because they didn't ask, what shall we do to walk the walk of God? They asked, what shall we do, verse 28, to work the works? Oh, come on. Jesus said, your problem is that you want to do the works of God without understanding the work of God. So what are the works of God? The works of God are myriad. Creating the sun, moon, and stars, the works of God. Painting every day. God has tons of painting across the world. He paints the side of the sky. Some kind of orange and amber tint. Another side of the sky is lavender and purple. Another side of the sky is blue, sky blue or navy blue. Another side of the sky is white. Another side of the sky is black. Those are the works of God. Healing miracles, the works of God. Creativity and ingenuity, the works of God. Uh, brilliance, the works of God. The, the gifts of the Spirit help to do the works of God. The workings of miracle are part of the works of God. So many times, watch this unbelievers unbelievers make this mistake they are more concerned about the works of God and they despise the work of salvation but guess what many believers do many believers are more obsessive about the work of God and they don't do the works of God well God says I do my work of salvation and when you are saved I raised you to begin to do the works not of salvation or not for salvation but the works from salvation. 
Various works are not the works for you to become saved. These are the works you do because you are saved. So because you are saved, your offer must be different. Because you are saved, your outcomes must be more than money or promotion or fame or acknowledgement. Is somebody hearing this? I pray over everybody here in the name of Jesus Christ that in this season, this revelation becomes manifest in your life. This revelation becomes pervasive in your life. This revelation becomes the hallmark of your life. You will do the work of God in discipleship, in evangelism. Master life is part of the work of God. Evangelize is part of the work of God. You will do the work of God. You will not shake your responsibility. Oh, your amen needs to be stronger. You will do the work of God. In the name of Jesus Christ, you will no longer labor out of frustration. You no longer toil in sorrow and disdain. You will no longer walk around frustrated. You will do the work of God. Before this year is over, somebody will get saved because you preach the gospel. Somebody will get saved because you manifest the gospel. Somebody will get saved because you're declaring the truth of God. In the name of Jesus Christ, not only are you going to do the work of God, you rest in the finished work. You will no longer try to manipulate, scheme, scan, strategize, move from pillar to post in the name of Jesus Christ. Is your Amen. Still here. Not only will you do the work of God, you will also do the works of God. How do I know there is a difference? Because here I told them this is the work of God. That I, I said the work of God that man may believe in the Son that He has sent. But in John chapter nine, that we read earlier, verse five, He said, "I must work." Not only the work, He said, "I must work the works of Him." I pray concerning your life, your biggest achievement will not be that I got saved. By the way, that's not an achievement. That's the achievement of Christ. Now that he achieved that for you, you will begin to work in increasing levels of the manifestation of the Spirit of God. The gifts of the Spirit are activated in your life. You begin to cast out demons. You begin to expand the influence of heaven. You begin to heal the sick. You begin to raise the dead. You begin to empower other people. You begin to counsel other people. You begin to deepen their roots you begin to help you begin to do charity works your designs are different your products are different your services are different your orientation is different you will cover your base you will feed your own horses you will take care of the stalls you will extend to the right and to the left as we round off this empire series you are a stone in sequence you are a citizen upon a heal that cannot be hidden God's hand is visible evidence conspicuous upon your life you are manifesting in the order of Abraham of David and of Jesus the Christ I proclaim out of your belly flows rivers of life given water the rivers of God are flowing the rivers of joy are flowing the rivers of the anointing are flowing the rivers of the spirit are flowing in the name of Jesus it is well with you 
you grow in influence you extend your base you are responsible in the workplace oh listen as a child of God you should be the most valuable employee in your organization don't say well this is not kingdom work it is kingdom work it is kingdom assignment you are an ambassador they don't have to speak your language for them to respect your calling they don't have to speak your language for them to recognize the grace of God upon your life shine in grace shine in glory move in power move in the anointing move in distinction move in glory move in the spirit of invention invent apps invent policies create blueprints write a new order write a new order open gates in the spirit rise and shine your light has come and the glory of God is risen upon you who shall come kings kings shall come to the brightness of your rising the very God of very God who lives on the inside of you his light is shining through you you are the lamp of God the pathway of God you are an energy ball rivers of grace rivers of glory rivers of power grow in the empire extend the empire be faithful in the empire represent the empire hey kingdom come will of God be done you rise you shine you rise you shine you rise you shine if you didn't have a job ah your value expands create jobs this month do well this month receive restoration this month November is blessed you are invited into places of power corridors of power palaces of prominence environments of influence in the name of Jesus somebody give God praise somebody give God glory somebody say wave to the Lord and receive oil to work the ground I wish we had enough time to go to Proverbs but you can study Proverbs 10 Proverbs 14 Proverbs 22 Proverbs 10 Proverbs 13 Proverbs 14 Proverbs 22 you're going to see the interworking of wisdom and works and words. There are three that go together. You might be stronger in one than the other based on your assignment. But every believer must embody the three. Not everybody will be able to operate on my frequency when it comes to words. Because my assignments and the different aspects of it have a lot to do with words. Right? But as great as I'm blessed in words, the Bible talks about Apollos who was mighty in scriptures or in words. As great as I am in words, there is nobody here that can say I'm lazy in works or lousy in my walk. Are you understanding that? You must have all three of them. Your walk must not be lousy. Your works must, must, not, must not be lazy. And your words must not be loose. Your walk must not be lazy. Your works rather your walk must not be lousy your works must not be lazy and your words must not be loose can you pray in one minute I get to work I get to 
work. And you know a great place to start? Start where you are. Ecclesiastes 9.10 says, whatever your hands find to do, whatever is whatever, it says do it with all your heart. Stop waiting until you get to Canada or Australia. For some of you, yes, you will go. But you're going as what? And you're going with what? Stop waiting for handouts. Stop waiting. Stop waiting and wishing that your boss will increase your salary. Increase your value to the point where even your boss knows. Ah, no, I can't be paying you that any longer. Of course, there's still a few wicked bosses that will never increase your salary. But let me tell you what. If you work in a place and you increase your value by about 30% consistently for three months without long stories, whether you ask for it or not, appearance is imminent. The challenge is most of us were lazy in works. That's the truth. Paul says that your profiting may appear to all. How to your faith, virtue, virtue, visible energy, palpable energy. Come on, somebody pray in one minute. In those three areas, God, I get to work concerning these empires. Ah, pray, pray. 50 more seconds. So, in Jesus' name, we have prayed. Father, we give you glory. We are not hearers of the word alone. We are doers of the same. Blessed be your name, our King. We work your work and we work your works. Thank you, Father. Nobody here will remain small. Nobody here will remain displaced. Nobody here will become envious of another because all of us will cover our bases. And as we cover our bases, the tributes of the earth, the gifts of the earth, the resources and the riches of the earth will find their way to us. We'll receive this with thanksgiving. In Jesus' name we pray. Anybody blessed this morning? Bless you, Manuel. Debbie, it's good to see you. Come and somebody give God praise for this morning. And you may be seated real quick. Is rising, on an emerging generation of kings. To join this growing community of kings, visit www.kingdomcentral.org and send your full name and email address to 0908-123-4566. One more thing, someone you know needs this. Kindly share this how.